Using Humor in Marketing with Brian Kramer for episode 34. Let's do it. Welcome to the Money Diver Podcast. I am Borja Bezzo, and every week I bring you step-by-step actionable online marketing strategies that you can implement in your business to see the results fast. So let's the diving begin. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode. Thanks so much for being here. Today's episode is about using humor in your marketing campaigns to create that virality effect. We're also going to talk about how $1 Shake Club went from 0 to 20 million YouTube views with their humorous marketing video. Today's guest is Brian Kramer from briankramer.com. We're also running a contest today at briankramer.com forward slash humor. You can head on over there and read the guidelines and see if you want to participate. And I have a really big announcement today, and that is that in the following weeks, Money Vi- Pfft, sorry, <laughs> Money Diver will be Rebel Growth. I'm going through a big rebranding uh, for the name after a survey that I ran to my audience, to some of you guys to see if we could select a new name that uh, reflects what I and my brand stands for. So that's going to happen in the, next, in the next few weeks. So look out for that. I'm going to do a, a big lunch. And uh, who knows, maybe I'll do some prices or, or something funny with that. I'll, I'll see about that. So, okay, so any, without any further ado, let's get into our interview with Brian and talk about how you can use humor in your marketing campaigns if you have a low, low budget like Dollar Shave Club did. Let's do it. His first book, There Is No B2B or B2C, It's Human to Human, hashtag H2H, rose to the number one top-selling spot in business books on Amazon in its first week. He's a TED speaker. It is my honor to have with me Brian Kramer. So Brian, welcome to the show, man. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah. Uh, So why don't we humor our listeners into telling them um, a little bit about what it is that you do? Yeah. So um, I own uh, a a few uh, Marketing uh, uh, companies, but um, the the main one is, is is Pure Matter. We're a marketing and digital agency, a content uh, content marketing and digital agency, and we focus on uh, um, working with enterprise, mid to enterprise customers like IBM and Cisco and Mastercard, and we work with them to um, build out uh, you know complicated situations and turn it into more a more simplistic human approach. Um, to marketing um, uh, using things like content and social media, um, so that's kind of what we do there. I also, uh, as as you just mentioned, ri- uh, have written um, two books actually: uh, "Human to Human" and "Shareology: How Sharing Powers the Human Economy." So um, that that's a huge part of what I do as as I work on um, uh, work on speaking and writing and helping. Um, uh, and coaching uh, people uh, really all around the world. And I've had a really big blast doing it. Well, before I messed up on on, on hidden recording, I like 
10 seconds ago. <laughs> uh, you were telling me how you studied communications and that you actually apply what you do because I asked you, um, how did you land into this, uh, into the, you know, into this concept, into this world? So mind repeating, do you mind repeating what you said uh, for the sake yeah, of the I listeners? Started, <laughs> I, yeah, no, no problem. I, I started... Um, uh, out of college, basically working in an ad agency. Um, and my job was to teach, uh, the, uh, creative department and the account ma managers and our customers how to be digital. This is just when digital was entering the scene. Um, so my job really at, at most companies has been that and, um, you know, the, the whole digital play and, and, uh, and, and so, uh, eventually I helped to start a, another company, um, just before this, that you know, were three people and grew it to seventy-five, sold it to a public company, and um, that's when I met my um, my wife, and um, or then my 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 not not then wife, but we met in, nice. in Washington D.C. and um, and uh, dated long distance for two years. She was a, she owned her own business, and we decided to uh, build a business together. So we started it, got married. And um, and uh, that was 15 years ago. So um, we've been really having a great time since. Is that when you created Pure Pure Matter? Yes, uh, 15 years ago is when we when we started Pure Matter. Um, so yeah, it's been we started it in in our home. Oh, wonderful, wonderful story. Um, all right, so Brian, today I want to dig deep into the power of humor in marketing. So how if we are, you know, maybe uh, a startup owner or a marketer or a blogger, how can we embrace this strategy in a sort of step-by-step -step process, if you will, um, and create content uh, using humor? Yeah, um, you know, it's it's a... Um, it's, it's one of those things where we all look at some, something that's funny differently. Um, and so it's a really tough thing because you can, you can upset people, uh, by saying the wrong thing, especially as a brand, um, uh, and even as a person. So, um, you know, the first thing that you have to do is just define what's funny, um, figuring out how, how you approach something, um, as a brand or as a person, what, what's funny. I, I, I personally, I think you have to, you have to, th you have to, um, define what's funny for you. Um, excuse me for a second. <coughs> and so, you know, uh, what's the subject? What's the, what's the thing that you want to focus on and how are you going to, how does that make sense for your brand? Is that something that, that you want to align yourself with? Um, so, you know, there's lots of examples out there of what, you know, brands have done in the past, uh, to, to build on funny, uh, the dollar shave club is a great, uh, great, thing. I mean, they started with, they, I think they spent like five or 10 grand and, and that was it. And everything else uh, was built on, you know, this, this video that they made that was entirely hilarious and it went viral and it just built their business into millions of dollars to where it is today. And it's just an incredible thing to use humor. Um, the other thing is that, you know, most people are, um, you know, if you can get a smile out of someone, I think it's the, it's the, um, you know, that one point in the day that somebody's going to remember back and remember who gave them that smile. Yes. Um, so it's, you know, it, you kind of lock yourself into someone's brain a little bit more when you help them to just kind of forget about everything else and focus on, you know, 
a laugh or a, a, a snort. Um, so, um, you know, then it's, I, I think next step is just to really like research different things that you think would be funny. And, and personally, I keep like in Evernote, I keep a uh, list of things. I have, I have hundreds, if not over a thousand of um, things that I think are funny. And I just keep writing them down every time I'm in a situation. I just think it's ironic. And, and I don't end up using most of them, but I use a lot of them um, over time. And really it just, it, it's, it's always something where I wanted to apply to the situation. So I don't know whether it's going to work or not, um, in the future. So I just write it down. And when that situation happens, I kind of change it and morph it, um, into the situation. So it's a little bit more, you know, built around the context of the situation. Um, and then I think it's okay to be a little controversial. I think, you know, you're not going to make everyone happy. So being controversial with a topic, um, but being funny, like making fun of the situation, as long as it's not around politics or, or, um, religion, I think, right. uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good thing to, uh, you know, be a little controversial. Um, uh, you know, never, th I, w I wouldn't ever throw out, um, you know, the, the natural, the, the, uh, in the moment humor. Um, you know, if something happens to you right now, like you tripped or you saw somebody trip and then they hit a pole and then they like ran into the wall and first thing you probably think is what's wrong with that person. But, um, if it's a friend and, and, and you think that they're, um, you know, that it's a funny situation, um, you know, it, it, you know, it's it, self deprivation is always funny and people who trip are always funny. So saying something about it is probably going to be that much funnier. Um, you know, you gotta be relatable. You have to be, um, you know, people want to know that you're not, you're not, um, a robot that you are, aren't always, um, you know, pe that people don't always, um, think things of you. That's not, you know, that that's just totally like euphoric. Um, you know, if, if, if you're always having good things happen to you and, you know, you never talk about the bad things or you never talk about the, the silly things or the funny things, then it's not really relatable. It's not really who you are. So I think, um, a little self, self, self deprivation goes a long way. Um, so definitely poking fun at yourself. And then, uh, finally I'd say, keep it simple. Um, funny doesn't have to be, uh, a, a story. It doesn't have to be a, you know, a big, um, you know, 10 paragraph thing, or it doesn't have to be a joke. It can just be a one liner. It could be like a statement. It could be a picture. It, it really could be something as simple as, as, as all of that. And if you, if you don't know if it's funny, it's okay. Just put it out there. And the, the best, the best kind of feedback is, is, um, when you test it. So, you know, you got to test 10 things to find out what your audience really laughs at. And, um, and I made that up. I don't know if it's 10, but, um, but whatever the, the magic number is for you, but keep going. Cause funny, you know, you don't know what it is until you, until you test it. Yeah. But when, when you start by defining what's funny, going back into the first tip or step, um, I think it's important to know who you're talking to because I, I can, I can, can't imagine, uh, I don't know, a 40 year old laughing at a joke that should actually be targeted to, uh, a teenager. Um, so, uh, what, what are some ways that you can, that you think that people can relate their message to their audience? Um, relay their message to their audience. I think that, uh, one of the things that, um, you know, is, is the best way is to ask, um, 
you know, when you're building any kind of campaign, you'd never do it without asking your your uh, you know informal focus group or the people out right. there that are interested in uh, that you're interested in targeting. So you know, reaching out and asking. I mean, we we live in a time where social media and and the world is our is is just one giant focus group. Um, and we can we can get information almost immediately on any topic. Um, asking people what is relevant, asking them specific questions. Um, you know, when I launched my book, I I put the cover of my book up. Uh, I'm sorry, I put uh, three different or four different covers of my book up and asked them which one do they like the most. And and I got the feedback. And so I didn't sometimes get the feedback I wanted, but I got it. And um, and and not only did they give me the feedback, they also felt like they were a part of the, um, the process. And, um, and along the way, I started to uh, write the book, and I started to share different aspects and things about it, and people would respond back and tell me what they thought, and it would sometimes change the course of my book um, because I hadn't thought that way. And, and again, they felt like they were a part of it, so it was a symbiotic relationship. I think that's the way that, to do it. I think um, you include your audience, you include your community, you give them a reason to um, uh, want to belong and for you to want to, um, you know, put your information out there so that you can get the feedback you want to really grow this. Okay. Um, the, uh, I can, I mean, I can imagine when creating a message or creating the campaign, uh, the power of, uh, uh, you know, being timely with what's going on trends and all that, um, What are some? How can you be on top of trends, or what are some things that you should be looking out to? Um, trends looking out to. I think the biggest trend is the Internet of Things or Internet of Everything. It's the collaborative or the 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 um, you know the the sharing economy. Um, it's it's been called all kinds of things, but the the biggest thing is the connected uh, world that we live in, connecting even more. Um, it's, it's, it's little, it's also shareable moments. It's, it's real human moments. So when you take those, let me, let me start with the share, uh, the sharing economy. Um, the sharing economy is, is when your devices are connected to any given situation. Um, that's where your, um, you know, your, your refrigerator is connected to the internet. Um, your milk gets delivered when it, when it gets empty automatically. Um, it's also where your devices and your wa Apple watch and, You know, everything about you is starting to help you um, through the con contextual situations of your life. Um, what it's lacking and what scares everybody is that it starts to become automated. So where do, where do humans take, take part? Where, where, do they, where do they matter most? Um, and, and where they matter most is in, in, a, in, a, in, in a moment, in a shareable situation where um, something has an emotion. Um, a, a human, or sorry, a robot can, or, 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 or any kind of automation will never have context over a situation. They'll never know um, happiness or sadness or um, joy or surprise. Um, they'll never know those things. And, um, and that's where we as humans come in, where we can take a situation, we can take something that's funny, and we can relay that to everyone. And it's going to be much more, it's gonna, going to connect them much more into um, where we're at now, or who we are. So, so what that means is that we need to um, take all of this data that's out there and find the situations where we can connect with people and then actually connect with them, um, human to human. Um, and, and 
what that means is that we need to build better tools and better technology to help us find those situations. So I think it's a combination of those two things. So when we are building connections um, as a brand uh, or as a company, do you think it's uh, do you think we need to have like sort of an ambassador or um, a spokesperson in front of our brand to so that people can relate to him? Is that something that you see brands doing? What, Branson, is that what you said? What? Uh, say that. Say that one more time. Yeah, uh, like, so if if you're a, a brand or a company that and you want to build that human to human connection, you want to establish uh, like real people to people relationships between and conversations between your company, your oh. services, and and your your audience or, or target customers. Uh, is it a way to do it uh, using ambassadors or spokesperson for the company? Yeah. Or do so you just man- create campaigns that are compelling and, and, and emotional? It's both. Um, you have to have compelling emotional uh, connection points or campaigns, things that draw you in. They let them let people know who you are in the most authentic way you can. But uh, you also need to train your employees in employee advocacy and un- helping them to understand how to share, what to share, when to share, where to share, um, getting, getting evangelists on board like you're talking about, um, getting those people to shout from the rooftops about what they're, they care about the most, uh, again, in an authentic way, um, helping to teach them to do that and spot those moments, giving, uh, taking, again, the tools that uh, uh, deliver those moments and then allow the human interaction to happen. Um, that's that's key, and you know, oftentimes it turns into a sellable situation. But is it the right time to sell? So you know, um, you know, sometimes people just want help uh, versus being sold to. And and I think it's important that you know we kind of define that um, because if there's no worse time than when somebody um, somebody receives something back and they you know it's a, they say that you know hey we can help you and here's our price and we'd love to come meet with you and all of a sudden all you know it turns you off because you know all you were saying is you just needed needed help and i so I, that's why in my book i actually call it social helping and crossed out the word selling because i think most people on social um there is no selling on social it is so it is all helping and then the the actual conversion that that any kind of selling needs to take place offline offline uh, right but like behind the scenes yeah, yeah. Using using social to to establish that uh, you know that that um, bridge that connection that yeah. board. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So Brian, any key takeaways on on using uh, humor in your in your campaigns? Using humor. Um... You know, uh, there's there's also timing. I think would be the only other thing I'd I'd suggest not um, you know uh, making sure that that your 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 timing is is is, is uh, uh, done well. Uh, you know, I, one of the things I talked about in the blog I think you're referring to is um, when humor you know also fails. And um, you know, there was a a tweet that went out from DiGiorno about why I stayed, and it's about um, you know, it was about, it was about a, a you know a, a spouse that stayed in a relationship, um, and why that spouse stayed versus leaving their other partner. And it, unfortunately, the camp uh, well, the tweet said um, because you had pizza, why I stayed, you had pizza. The problem is that it was about um, you know uh, physical abuse, 
And it was the wrong time, the wrong context for sharing something about physical abuse and staying for the pizza. Um, it was just, it wasn't good. So, um, you know, you really, while responses can be pretty epic in the moment, um, you know, I would say that the best thing um, to do, even as a team, is discuss the topics that you stay away from. Um, like you can joke about, you know, this, these 10 topics anytime, uh, you know, obviously within context, but don't ever talk about abuse. Let's not talk about religion. Let's not talk about politics. Let's stay away from these things, you know, unless it's within brand, like obviously, you know, uh, the Pope is going to tweet about religion, but he, I doubt he would, he would joke about it. So, um, so, you know, there, there are those, I think topics that, um, you know, as a team, it's really important to, to get around and, and, and discuss. Right. Um, so, Brian, uh, I know there's going to be several answers to this following question. So uh, I'll make it simple. simple. Um, as an author, uh, who is your ideal customer or your target audience? As an author, who's my ideal uh, target audience? Yeah, your quote-unquote uh, avatar. Mar Mar marketers, um, all marketers, so uh, or entrepreneurs uh, and um, you know executives, uh, uh, marketers within companies and executives. Um, really, uh, you know the, the the message that I'm 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 discussing um, how sharing uh, and he being human in your uh, interactions, both internally and externally, can help to define. Um, you know, how, how the company is perceived and how the company succeeds in, uh, in sales and marketing and, and product development and all these different things really comes down to one basic uh, element, and that's how we share. That's how we communicate with each other, both internally and externally. And, um, and that kind of communication is really, you know, exciting to me. I really enjoy, um, you know, that aspect of how it can make or break, uh, you know, a campaign uh, um, or or any kind of development within the company around, um, you know, product. So, um, you know, I, my target audience is, is definitely around, uh, mo mainly marketers. Perfect. Well, I am your target audience for sure. <laughs> 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 well, Brian, where can we send people to stay connected with, with you and learn yeah. more about what it is uh, that you publish and, and teach? BrianKramer.com. Brian with Y, Kramer with a K. All right. And yeah, that's the that is the best place to go. All right, there you have it, guys. BrianKramer.com. Brian, thank you so much for coming on board. I really appreciate you uh, and your time and everything that, that you just provided to us. And I really ha hope that we can have another conversation in the future. Great, me too. All right. All right, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Brian. As you can see, he's a role model as of a marketer. He understands what it takes to embrace and provide value to an audience. And I really like that about him, and that's why I wanted to have him on the show and to talk about uh, what we talked about, <laughs> which is humor. And I, I understand that using humor in marketing can be daunting and hard. Uh, you can overdo it. You could um, cross and step over lines that you don't want to you know, go beyond of. Uh, but if you're able to do it, you can see that you can achieve pretty good results as our examples did so consider doing it i mean uh you just run some tests perhaps uh it won't make sense to everyone not every industry is going to lend itself to use humor in, in their marketing campaigns 
for example, if you're a nonprofit, um, I can't imagine you, I don't know, making fun of a situation where you're actually uh, trying to raise money for, you know, uh, a nonprofit purpose. <laughs> I'm a little slow today. I don't know what's going on. So I really hope you enjoyed that interview for real. Uh, I hope you took notes. Let us know if you have any questions. Remember that there's a contest going on for this episode as well at briankramer.com forward slash humor. I'd love it if you could you know, go there and see what Brian's website is all about, what he blogs about. He's, like I said, a role model of a marketer, and you won't regret following him. And uh, for next week's episode, I'm going to talk a little more about the whole rebranding and the new name, which is going to be Rebel Growth, why I'm doing it, and the benefits of it. So I hope to hope to see you next week, guys. Uh, don't forget to leave any reviews and ratings on iTunes. It really helps me, and it helps me help you because it's a way that you can request for content and topics that you're having problems with in regards to your online business or your online marketing strategies or knowledge. So that way I can select topics based on that and help you. So once again, guys, thank you. And I'll see you next week for another episode.